Your philosophy is the foundation to align your thoughts to who you are, not coupling them to what you do. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel. As always, Feeding Curiosity is a podcast that explores the precarity of human experience, and we challenge ourselves and others to think, question, and synthesize wherever your curiosity takes you. In today's episode, we're back to the How to Train Your Mind series. And to this episode... I said that's strange, but my tongue is all tied because I've been doing recording stuff and things, (laughs) but we're going to be doing a personal philosophy episode. And this is one I've been thinking about a lot. And I've mentioned it a couple times here on the podcast. We had Nicole Davis, who was a mindset coach for Compete to Create, where I first was exposed to personal philosophies. And it's kind of like the idea of if someone held a gun to your head and said, what are you all about? Like, what do you stand for? Could you answer that question? And I believe many of us have not stopped and thought about what it is that resonates with us to our very core of our being. And that's why I think we should really stop and do that. And if we can figure out what our thoughts and how we orient our thoughts to what we do. First, what we say. And then, can we translate what we say to what we do to lead a more authentic life? And that's really what this episode's all about, is providing a framework to overlay what it is that you do in your your world, right? We all hear about these guys or people who are passionate or care and just are so fulfilled in their life that... It's, you know, they don't work a day in their life, right? And that's not true entirely because motivation fades or ebbs and flows and so does passion. But if you can orient yourself so that what resonates at your core, so when those times do happen, you can wade through them and lean into that moment so that it really does feel like you are still playing the long game for when it does get the hardest, And then those around you can see that, you know, you're living example of what matters most to you. And so with that, everyone, please enjoy this episode of How to Train Your Mind with a Personal Philosophy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Free Curiosity. We're going to jump right into it. So as you know, this episode is going to be all about why personal philosophy matters and how We're going to work on getting our own. But first, here we go. The purpose of doing the deep work is to align your thoughts, words, and actions. By aligning these three components, it forms the bedrock of how you think, the story that you're telling yourself. For me, it adds connective tissue to feel fulfilled about anything I do. Many sources will help you find your passion or hidden talent. But here's the thing. Nobody can tell you what that is. You have to look deep inside yourself and ask yourself, what do I stand for? You have to look at the roles you fill and see if there are any common themes. But don't let those roles define you. You, who you are, is deeper and more nuanced than any role you choose to fill. Everything you need is already in you. Sometimes you have to go looking and uncover what it is you're truly about. By covering your core, you can see what resonates at a fundamental level. 
the roles you are fill are just an extension of what matters most to you that have bubbled up to the surface. How I've applied my philosophy was like a goal or mantra. If I can say this phrase to myself and I've done at least part of it today, then I was still on track to feel fulfilled the most. I believe in playing the long game. No matter how passionate you are about something, there will be times of friction and procrastination. There will come times when you don't enjoy aspects of what you have to do. And here's the real beauty. Your philosophy will allow you to overlay on top of the least enjoyable aspects and elements and lean into them because they serve as part of the larger whole that resonates with you the most. Finding out your personal philosophy is not simple by any means, but even taking steps to reflect can have a profound shift in what you can see around you. I believe that every one of us has something that will resonate with you so deeply that there will be no way to stop you from operating in that way. It's an innate trait, but in many cases, we don't stop and reflect. Many of us go through life following the signals of those around us and what society says we should care about. And in turn, this could lead down the road of cynicism and burnout if you let yourself walk to the beat of someone else's drum. Let's start by breaking the cycle together. The most crucial part of society is the individual. We are the many that make up the whole. If we are feel fulfilled in our own lives, then we perform better in every aspect. I made a similar case talking about the prioritizing of recovery for the individual as well. Here's a similar idea. If your thoughts reflect what you say and you do what you say, then it all comes together as a cohesive whole. You not only feel better about who you are and what you do, but those around you will see the drive and intensity. Also understand that your philosophy is not set in stone. You are dynamic and what resonates with you will evolve and so should your personal philosophy. Your personal philosophy should be the internal fire to continue to grow. Now it's time to put the work in. We've covered what our personal philosophy is and why it's relevant to know what you're all about. Now it's time to lay out the framework for what I've used to make my own or come up with my own personal philosophy and useful tips at each part if you get stumped along the way or not sure how to continue. At this point, I recommend to, you can grab a notebook and start writing down anything that comes to your mind as I lay this out. The first part is to look at those around you. People you admire. What are some of the people you may know personally or professionally or well-known public figures and that you look up to characters or values? What do they stand for? For some examples, there are there's people like Martin Luther King and Michael Jordan or even companies as well, such as Mikey's Just Do It, that we know what they stood for and they're you know, part of their legend is because we know what it is their personal philosophy is all about because they lived by it. The next thing we can do is consider quotes or thoughts that have shaped you. What are some of the thoughts or ideas that you continually come back to and have stayed with you? And now this is where we'll turn inward even further. You're going to look at words you love. What are words that you resonate with and at your best? You know, the character traits or qualities that you really ex think exemplify who you are. Start writing as many as you can can at, you know, maybe 50 or, you know, however many it takes until you kind of just get stuck. Circle the top 25 words if you get that many and rewrite the whole list. From there, circle the top 10 words that you love. Now that we have these three separate lists of people you admire, quotes or thoughts that have shaped you and the character traits that you love the most, synthesize. Look at the common themes or patterns that seem to keep coming up between the people, all these different areas, right? 
And now it's time to take a leap. Get uncomfortable. Once you've analyzed the list, see what's resonating and arrange that in a sentence or phrase of 25 words or less. And what really helps here, I believe, is to start writing as if a loved one were to read this rather than a colleague, because it's helpful to be vulnerable. This is wearing, you know, who you are on your sleeve for the most part. And the last part of this is to say it out loud. Do you feel it? And I mean, do you really feel it? Like if, if it feels authentic and you get goosebumps and it just flows right out of you, hell yeah. Now live it. And in the words of Michael Gervais, can you be about it? <laughs> and if you don't feel it, keep working because it'll, it's there and you just got to kind of do it. And it, it should feel a little awkward. And, and the little like nervous giggle I have is, is because when, when you hear someone who's really done this work, it really comes through, like really, really comes through. And I'll get into that in the next section. Once we're done here at any point along this process, feel free to share with someone who knows you well, ask for their honest feedback. What words or qualities seem to fit me most. Don't over explain what you're trying to work on because it'll shade what they have to give you. You want raw feedback and impressions. While working on my own philosophy, I used input from my friends to refine it before it felt right. This exercise may feel strange, but it's not uncommon to have the most trouble coming up with a phrase that feels right initially. Sleep on it, sit with it, meditate on it, whatever it takes to get yourself through it. Your philosophy does not have to be done quickly. Take all the time necessary to get something that feels right for you, not according to others. Now that I've laid out the framework for how someone else can uncover their personal philosophy, I cannot expect anyone else to follow along if I haven't put in this work myself. You'll see what I mean in shortly. But first, let me explain my how my personal philosophy has evolved. Per, my personal philosophy was be present, be curious, and be authentic. At the time, I was in a transitional period. I had recently gotten out of a long relationship, and I wanted to adjust how I dealt with loss differently than I had in the past. The order of the words was specific. Looking back, being present became an anchor to what I needed at the time to work through what had happened. It also allowed me to be open to new experiences of what I had, would not have otherwise allowed myself to take part in. And my friends were essential in helping me hammer the personal philosophy into place. But at the time, there was an opportunity. I tried to share it to as many people that were around me, not just friends, but anyone who would listen. And if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know how naturally enthusiastic and animated I am. And it should come no surprise at how much I share openly what I'm thinking about working on or all of the above for that matter. And the, the thing about like this first personal philosophy is that I had taken this course and it, it felt like I was on this path to try and do this be present. Right. And, and this has been like a common through line for the podcast for a while now is trying to anchor as much of what we do in the present and bring awareness, you know, that favorite, favorite word of mine forward, you know, being aware and present to the moment. And the, the remainder of it was for me is like being curious is just a natural inclination for me, right? Being feeding curiosity, right? <laughs> Should not come as a surprise. And also the authenticity part, while I did resonate with it in, in the past, I don't believe it is as good as I, it could have been at the time. Because being authentic right now is when you align your thoughts, words, and actions, what happens as a byproduct is you become 
authentic. You are authentic. And authenticity is one of those things that's really hard to describe because when you say it, people are like, what? I don't understand. It's kind of like saying passion. Exactly. You know? So there's that. But the, there's a, like a side effect here as well. And while working on personal philosophy, I, it helped create a philosophy for feeding curiosity. One of my friends had made a comment asking if the philosophy here was for the website. And I, it, it kind of sparked an epiphany and I was like, oh, <laughs> here's how, you know, companies figure out their slogan or, or, you know, like the Nike just do it above or even McDonald's, you know, with the I'm loving it, stuff like that. And, and we can recognize these little slogans as much as their logo. And, and I, and I did what I did best and I was thinking and I, I remember it specifically because the day I was working on the personal philosophy, I was in school and I wound up spending like almost eight hours working on philosophy for both myself and, <laughs> and feeding curiosity. And I asked myself at its core, what is feeding curiosity all about? On the drive home from school, I was able to think through the process and thus I was able to come up with the think question synthesize. And I'm going to lay it out here as a tangent because I think this is really important and might add a lot of texture to what may work for you guys or, or help lay it out, right? So when you have think, what are, the, what are you curious about? What ideas or topics do you find yourself keep coming back to? Question, what questions do you have about your interests? How can you answer those questions? And can you, well, who can you learn from about your interests? And then the last one is synthesize. What have you learned? Distill what you've learned and what you've already knew about that to formulate a new question and repeat that process over and over again. And this is, you know, feeding curiosity at its core, or at least the, the process at which I believe think, question, synthesize means, at least for me, it's challenging ourselves to think, question, and synthesize wherever our curiosity takes us. And now to get back from our tangent, as I mentioned, the, the philosophy should evolve along with you and attending the in-person training to compete to create, which is why this mini series exists. The, I had the chance to revisit my personal philosophy six months later. I still believe in what my first philosophy was, but I felt it could go deeper. Initially, I thought I'd come to a new anchor, be the change you want to see. I've always had a sense of responsibility that does go back further than my memory. But feedback from one of my classmates said that that was a quote from Gandhi. And while there's nothing inherently wrong with this, as I believe it's a powerful quote, and I had come up with it independently, I wanted something that resonated with my core that has meant as much as it could, even though, even if I tried to go deeper, I don't think I could. And I just didn't feel genuine enough for me to stick with that one. So here's what I have now. My current philosophy is with knowledge comes responsibility. The above philosophy is a combination of two quotes that have resonated with since I was a little kid. Knowledge is power and with great power comes great responsibility. And again, not unique in their own right, but they are foundational in the way I orient myself in the world. As a little kid, my dad would tell me all the time, knowledge is power. And being young, it did not sink in too deep at the time. But anything said starts to embed itself over time and often enough. The second quote, as many of you know, is from none other than Peter Parker's Uncle Ben. While it's not the first, not the first person to resonate with this quote, it has been so profound for me that when I did get my first tattoo, it was the only option that felt right. 
Seeing the artwork for the first time and after explaining the idea gave me goosebumps. I can say that even though I've grown older, I've always resonated with Peter Parker and Spider-Man's sense of responsibility. This is where I chose to synthesize my own version of these two quotes together. I don't have any natural inclination for power by traditional measures. And I also don't think you have to have great power or to be great at all to be responsible. It is up to each of us to be responsible stewards of what we know and to use it to the best of our ability. The best we can do is to leave the world a little bit better than the way we found it for those closest to us. I'm sure many of you can see how this applies in the, uh, to the ongoing experiment that is feeding curiosity, and it resonates so deeply at my core. I don't think this is the last version of my philosophy, and now that I even have a, not even a chance, but I think it's better than the first one. And I honestly believe that the, the personal philosophy should speak for itself, and I don't need the backstory to be about it. Still, I wanted to be vulnerable and give this story to show how powerful this has been for me. And because of the responsibility that I feel to live as I would wish others to, it's, you know, the, <laughs> the, the sense of I can't lead someone and say, hey, I, the authenticity, I can't honestly say you should do this because it's good for you. Just like the whole rest of this. It's like I have to be honest and say, hey, this is what I'm working on and maybe this can help you too. And that's, I mean, that's again, feeding curiosity to the core. And now we're going to get on to the last section and we will wrap this bad boy up. Now it's time to live it. Having an anchoring philosophy has had a profound shift in the sense of purpose and fulfillment I can get out of my daily experiences. This episode now acts as a framework for each of you to get out and find the anchor for yourself. Here's the thing as well. It's up to each of us to keep each other accountable for what we say. I've shared my personal philosophy here, and it is embedded in feeding curiosity. You have a good idea of what I am all about or aiming to be, and I can expect each of you to call me out when I'm not holding up to my end of the deal. Each of you who can do the deep work, I want you to share it. And with those that are close to you, to at the very least. And if you're feeling really spicy about it, add it to your social media profiles. I have also shared my personal philosophy on both my Instagram and LinkedIn as well. Go out there and live it. And his closing thoughts here is, is that's what this is kind of all about. Cause the more of us that get behind each other and cheer each other on and say, Hey, what, what's your personal philosophy and what are you doing? Like what animates you? Because what you do is not who you are. Let's do it together again. What you do is not who you are. The less you tie your identity to, the better off you will be. Because when you have all this tethering to these different ideas of what you are, it begins to create a box around who you are. And the more we can say, hey, I'm better or bigger than just these identities, these roles, then we can step away from it and you can feel like you have room to grow into whatever it is you feel. You know, and... and I don't talk about too much of my background here, but I'm, I'm an engineer, right? And so, but here I am talking about this personal philosophy and it's not anywhere close to what an engineer would in most people's eyes be talking about. But I, I do think it applies because it's, it's an engineer's view of how to lead a more fulfilling life, problem solving, frameworking for others to 
orient themselves in what they do best. I, I d also don't believe that we should handhold and have like lock and keys where people can't do the work for themselves. I think when people are given the autonomy to live by the way they want to, which means in many ways being able to lead a fulfilling life and help those they care about most, then it helps everybody. I don't really think, and then this is the natural opposite of me, but we will always try to orient a way that we will help another human being. Or at least that's my hope. And then that's why I'm giving away a lot of my ideas because these, these ideas are not one, my own for one thing. Um, as I mentioned, compete to create is, is really shaped my thinking here. And this is my way of giving back to something that they've done. And, and if you really, really, truly believe in this, I highly recommend you check them out and see what they're all about, because this is where I got their ideas and this is my synthesis of it. But if you want to see where these ideas came from, you can go find them. And I really hope you do. And I hope you take their courses and I hope it has as much of an impact on you as it did for me. And so with that, everyone, thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast on how to train your mind by having a personal philosophy. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's, a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.